listening to the Writerly Bites podcast, where you'll get bite-sized tips for making your writing and your writing life better. I'm Blair Hurley, and I'm a novelist and a creative writing instructor. You can find more about me at BlairHurley.com and on Twitter at bhurley. You can follow news about the podcast on Twitter at Writerly Bites. This week's writing tip is take a step closer. Point of view is often thought of as a straight, simple choice of pronouns. Either it's I, he or she, or the trendy you. But choosing your perspective in your story is so much more than just the pronouns. It's the entire filter through which the story travels to the reader. Point of view actually exists on a spectrum of access, and it's worth examining whether you've stepped close enough to your character's experience. At one end of the spectrum is what's known as the dramatic objective, where we have no access to the character's mind. Here's an example from Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian. The kid was standing by the cart pissing when the soldiers rode into the yard. They seized him and tied his hands behind him, and they looked in the cart and talked among themselves, and then they led him out into the street. He was taken to an adobe building and put in an empty room. He sat on the floor while a wild-eyed boy with an old musket watched him. After a while, they came and took him out again. They led him through the narrow mud streets, and he could hear music like a fanfare growing louder. At the other end of the spectrum, we have total omniscience, when we have total access to multiple characters and points of view. This is from John Steinbeck's classic, The Grapes of Wrath. The owners of the land came onto the land, or more often a spokesman for the owners came. They came in closed cars, and they felt the dry earth with their fingers, and sometimes they drove big earth augers into the ground for soil tests. In the open doors, the women stood looking out, and behind them the children. The women and the children watched their men talking to the owner men. Some of the owner men were kind because they hated what they had to do, and some of them were angry because they hated to be cruel, and some of them were cold because they had long ago found that one could not be an owner unless one were cold. This, you can see, has a total kind of access, spanning uh, and accessing the minds of, of anyone in the scene. We can see how the owner men feel across the nation. And somewhere in between is the habitual close third person, where we usually have access to just one person. But in first drafts, I often find that I'm a little too far away from my characters, standing at an anxious remove as I discover things about them. My first drafts are talky, expositional. I take the stance of a narrator describing their flaws and strengths and feelings, rather than taking the daring, riskier step of trying to experience those things myself. My process of drafting often involves taking a step closer to their experience, and then another step, and then another, attempting to immerse myself in feeling and experience. A funny side effect of this process of stepping closer is that I also become less judgmental about their flaws and about the the wrong decisions that they're making in the story. The closer I step and the more willing I am to acknowledge their struggle, their pain, and their side of the story, the more sympathetic my writing becomes. So when I start writing, I'll tell the reader she's anxious about the big piano recital that's coming up. And in the next draft, and in the next, I step closer and closer to that awful, nauseous feeling of stage fright, and I remember why she's so nervous, because the previous recital went badly, and her parents told her she couldn't disappoint them this time because her aunt had traveled to see the recital. That step closer helps inform me about the character and what she's really feeling and why. 
This week's reading recommendation is The Mercies by Karen Millwood Hargrave. This is a fascinating piece of historical fiction about 17th century Scandinavia, Norway specifically, where uh, a small fishing community has had this devastating storm that has uh, all the men of the village have drowned. And so it's left as an entirely women-run village. Now, this is automatically seen as suspect and and somewhat uh, suspicious by outsiders. So pretty soon there's going to be um, a a celebrated witch hunter who arrives in the town in order to investigate and see if things are actually able to be run without men. Uh, It's a fascinating, definitely feminist exploration of a period in history. And I always love those sorts of re-examinations of the lives of women at a time when most women's stories were invisible. Uh, It's beautifully written as well, very sensuous and full of vivid descriptions of, of a very hard life in the remote wilderness. Thanks for listening. The Writerly Bites podcast will be back with micro tips to make your writing better. It's produced by me, Blair Hurley. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit the website at writerlybites.com. Email me at writerlybitespodcast at gmail.com with your favorite tips or questions about the writing life, which I'd love to tackle in future episodes.